Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, when you use code DNVR at sign up, you're going to get an offer where a $5 bet on any NBA playoff winner is going to net you $150 in free bets. All you got to do is pick a winner, favorite or otherwise. It's that easy. Turn five into 150 when you use code DNVR on DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons. And on today's DNVR Rockies podcast, you know who we've got. It's that day. It's Friday. It's usually his day of the week to join us. We are joined by our good friend in his weekly spot each and every week on the DNVR Rockies podcast. He's the voice of the Colorado Rockies for AT&T Sportsnet and the host of the Drew Goodman podcast. It's our good buddy, Drew Goodman. How you doing today, buddy? Good, Patrick. We we were all just together in uh, San Francisco, weren't we? We were. The weather was really solid, in my opinion, because I was uh, expecting it to be awful. So it exceeded my expectations. Time out, dude. I froze my ass off for three, and I've been going to San Francisco <laughs> for 30-something years. I was never warm. I wasn't warm in my hotel room. I wasn't warm walking down the hall in the hotel. I wasn't warm at the ballpark. I wasn't warm in the booth. Tiny saved us, uh, which he generally does whenever it's cold. Mike Ponarelli, the outstanding clubhouse manager of the Rockies, he gave us two enormous, and Spilly also, so three enormous heavy-duty coats to put over the top. So I don't know what you're talking about. It It wasn't perfect. It was cold. Spilly did look cold the entire time because he would come into the clubhouse and he didn't have his hair all zhuzhed up. And yes, he definitely looked cold. I, again, I think it because I prepared for the worst. I had the layers. I brought a winter coat. Didn't use it all the time. Now, the final day, I was just numb. I did not really sleep at all. I drank two cups of coffee before I even had anything to eat. So I, I could feel the outside of my body was freezing. But I just had to keep moving forward, and so it didn't impact me. At least were, it you, yet. were you numb from the weather or watching the three ball games the Rockies played? You know that's a great segue, as this is the DNVR Rockies podcast. But you know that that I think helped the trip overall is that there were some positive distractions in and around. Now I had I'd gone on a tour of Oracle Park, but that was a uh, that was my first game, first series there, and the press box is Beautiful. nice and low. That's yeah. that's such a that's. Man, that is an amazing stadium to watch a game in. And I didn't, I couldn't get a sense, and you would have a better idea about this. And it might be a combination of two things, but I wasn't sure if the fans were just really, really great, really locked in, or if it's just where the press box is kind of located. It's like almost like in inside the crowd. You know, there's there's something about it because it's so yeah. low. I feel like it might be kind of a combination of both. Yeah, it's twofold. Number one, those were really small crowd, 20, 22, 23, um, early in the year, during the week, post-pandemic. Um, normally, I, I want to say normally, during their run in the you know, 12, 14, 16, winning World Series, they, they had a sellout streak. I mean, you could look it up forever, and, and it literally it was legitimate. I mean, it was a full house every night. They are very knowledgeable baseball fans. Uh, when Evan Longoria had his first at bat of the year, standing ovation. When, you know, Radon came off or one of the pitchers came out, I mean, they immediately jumped up standing ovation. Uh, they're in tune with how their team is playing. They're in tune with the, the players' 
uh, on their team. Uh, it, it's a it's a very knowledgeable fan base and and uh, and a passionate one. Yeah, I think both Wood and Cobb came out in the sixth inning. So, I mean, didn't even didn't even register a quality start. I, I'm pretty sure uh, at least Webb gave up a run at some point. So, you know, a really good performance. Not yeah. great, but you're right. Got a standing ovation yep. coming off the mound. A uh, lot, lot of hardcores there. Got a chance to walk around the stadium and uh, saw McCovey Dave out there with his kayak. He was the only one. You know, it's not like the days of Barry Bonds when there's like pontoon boats out there and it's it's jam packed and it looks like Lake Havasu. It was a little bit more subdued out there, but I thought that was cool. Did they take you where 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 our buses drop people off the players' entrance? Did you go? Were you? Did they take you on the tour back there? So the wall that shows all of the accomplishments individual and team wise. Did you see that? Yeah, that that's, that's the media gate that we came in. So the first day, you know, that isn't that spectacular. And you, and you go, wow. I mean, they're, they're the most, they've won more games than any other baseball team. And, and therefore obviously any other basketball hockey team for, you know, they have more hall of famers you learn a lot when you look at that wall about the history of the New York slash San Francisco Giants. Yeah, it it really made me reflect on the fact that they were, you know, probably one of the first dynasties in the early 1900s with John McGraw before the Yankees really started, you know, doing it and in that same city. And so they were they were they were better National League teams, I think, back then in the than in the American League, and that that's I think what allowed the Yankees to be in the World Series just about every single year, but that was uh, was beautiful with the paintings and and you got all that there. I did think the walkways, actually the concourse going around is on the smaller side. And because there was only 20,000 there, you could still navigate, but man, if there's 40,000, that is, you're not even going to move. You are not going to move with a packed house there because it's it's tight. Yeah. I'm I'm not as familiar with that, uh, but you know, it's the stadium's now 20 plus years old. So Maybe they didn't realize as much as they do now about making, you know, those concourses so large. Plus, they had limited space because it's right there on the water in China Basin. But it's the views are spectacular. Yeah, one of the things that I remembered uh, back on a, the tour that I took, uh, I think it was 2017, uh, December 2017, was that the reason why the Giants are on the third base side, I think traditionally first base side is, is where you go. I, I think there's some other teams, you know, I think, Cubs are on the third base side. So are the Dodgers. Those are older stadiums, but still traditionally first base side is for the home team. Well, McCovey Cove is on the first base side is, is in right field. So they wanted the larger clubhouse space. And so boom, they, uh, they had that in there. Giants clubhouse big enough to put side by side, pop a shot basketball game. That was a first to see that inside their locker room. I don't know if you went in there, but I said, okay, that's what you want to use some of the real estate for. Have some fun boys. Do you know what? I, I I didn't go in this series. I've been in there many times in the past. I didn't, so they put up they have, they have dually Papa shots going. Yeah, they just just really small. You know, I mean, maybe the Rockies need to get a ski ball machine, and and we'll see if they can win three out of five. Were you a big ski ball guy back on the East Coast? Um, I, you know, I'd play a little bit. I wouldn't say I was a big ski ball guy, but that'd be fun. Okay, you weren't in a ski ball league like me. No, there's no such thing. But if there was, I would have, I would have been in it. I would have been in it. Big, uh, big ski ball, ski ball fan. Uh, that was fun. But yeah, one in five on the road trip. You know, I think the questions are are really going to start to pop up. We'll see what they do. They're home 
for uh, nine games in the next 10 days. So they can, they can write the ship a little bit until they get back out on the road again. But it does seem like the questions about, you know, poor play on the road uh, are going to start to creep up. Only thing is the, the explanation for it is one that we haven't had to deal with in a while. You talk about on the Drew Goodman podcast uh, that drops on Thursday. We talked about it in our post-game show on, on Wednesday. It's the defense. Defense has really been what's letting them down, I think, more than anything else at this point. Patrick, they've been sloppy, uh, more so out on the road. I mean, there's been far more errors out on the road. They've been sloppy. Uh, they, they, they had a team meeting right after the game on Wednesday. Uh, because it, it was errors, it was walks, just not playing tight baseball. I don't care who you're playing against. Uh, you, you have to play well regardless of the opponent. So I, I've often felt like you're playing against yourself or playing against playing good baseball. And if you play good baseball and you throw strikes and you, and, you, know, you pitch it and catch it, you're going to be in you know most games. And you're probably going to win more than your share, right? They, they have not done that most notably in a couple of series, the one in Philadelphia and then this recent run, recent one in San Francisco. And then you couple it with your playing against a team that takes advantage of every little thing like the Giants do. They move runners. I mean, they had three sack flies in the game Tuesday. They had another one uh, yesterday. Uh, they, they value 90 feet and – you know, the Rockies are better than that. I don't think they're an elite defensive team because I look at the individuals and I say, okay, McMahon, who has made six errors already, Ryan's much better fielder than that. We know that. He's their best individual defender. Uh, Iglesias doesn't have the same range he used to. He can still make the fancy play, but there have been, um, you know, and it's been one of the knocks on him recently that some of the routine plays, you know, he's not making it steadily. I think Brandon Rogers has been fine. CJ Crone's been fine. In the outfield, Daz is a you know a good defender. I think Hilliard's a good defender. The uh, you know, and Diaz, I think, is a pretty good defender. I know he's had a couple of throwing errors, but overall, I'm I'm not suggesting they're gonna be elite, but they're better than how they played um defensively, uh, I, I think. And and they gotta get back to that. Yeah, I think they've uh, the, the opposite of benefit. That word is, is escaping me right now. They, they've suffered from, I think, having the wrong guys out uh, at, at uh, the wrong times, uh, if you will. You know, Randall Gritchick, we know, is uh, can be somewhat of a, of a above-average defender, especially in, in right field. You know, he's he's got the flu, so we didn't get a chance to see him uh, on the final two games there. Right. Um, we know Brendan Rodgers had, had the back issue, and so, you know, Trejo's kind of figuring out second base, uh, classically a, a shortstop guy. So there have been guys learning new spots. I mean, C.J. Crone, you saw it, we saw it on Wednesday. I mean, you know, no batting practice, but yet, you know, almost up until the point that, you know, they, they have the group come out to sing the national anthem, Garrett Hampson and Connor Joe are working together because you have uh, almost a brand new right side of the infield. You know, those guys probably played together once, maybe twice last year in that capacity with Hampson at second and Connor Joe at first base. So all of those little things, you know, you have to deal with that. You have to adapt and, and be that that's what gives you that true flexibility and, and versatility is, is to do it successfully. But uh, those have been some of the challenges uh, that have plagued the team so far here. Yeah, and, and the other thing that was sloppy is uh, it, at least on two occasions, yet individuals have forgot how many outs there were. And, and even a guy who is as sharp as they come and has been one of the best players 
you know, for the Rockies all year. Connor Joe on, on in the first inning on that line drive by Charlie Blackman, he lost count of how many outs. And I think Jose Iglesias, when they could have gotten off the field on Tuesday night, lost track. And instead of running to the bag to turn two, he kind of flipped it to to Hampson, who was coming a long way. And I think he thought there were there were two outs, and that was going to end the inning. Uh, so th- those are the little things. Not, and I'm, I think Buddy wanted to nip it in the bud, and so to speak, right? Um, and, and had a little bit of a team chat after the ball game on Wednesday. Well, you can come on down to the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax and York. We got some watch parties for the Rockies. Always have that on. They're going to be home for a while. So if you can't get a ticket to Coors Field, that can be hard to come by sometimes. Head on down to the DNVR bar. If you're a member, you get all kinds of price breaks on our tailgates and party buses, whether it's Broncos, Nuggets. We'll do that for the Rockies. As well, you know that you get a member-sized beer, a mega pint, if you will, at the DNVR bar, Breckenridge Brewery, or otherwise. You get a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com with an annual membership, extra raffle tickets at all of our watch parties and the members-only discords popping off. Make some new friends, learn a couple new things about all kinds of different topics as it's a really cool hangout spot for everyone that is a member. Again, just 50 cents for your first month at the DNVR. Also got to tell you about the relief and recovery creams from Escape Artists. It's the highest awarded topical brand in Colorado that prioritizes quality and consistency. Look, your clothes are not going to get greasy or stained. Not with Escape Artists. It's going to help for deep muscle uh, tissue discomfort. I'll penetrate that. You're going to feel a lot better. Best part, you can find at your local light shade dispensary. There's 11 in the Denver metro area with their cannabis concentrates, top shelf flowers. They got a premium selection of you name it. Now you can get 25% off non-sale items with code DNVR. Shop online at lightshade.com for your pickup or just visit a Lightshade location near you. You can hear our friend Drew Goodman over on Altitude Sports or for a bigger package where you get the Nuggets and Avalanche, not to mention Rapids, Mammoth if you're into the lacrosse, whether you're in Colorado Springs, Denver, Phoenix, even up in Idaho, the whole Rocky Mountain region has Ivaca TV. It's Ivaca.tv slash DNVR. That's where you're going to get zero hidden fees, zero contracts, just talking $25 per month plus a receiver. Your price gets locked in for two years. You never have to worry again. And in fact, when you do go to avaca.tv slash DNVR, also use code DNVR on top of that and save $10 per month for your first three months. So now we're talking $15 per month to start with Ivaca TV. Well, Drew, everyone in the NOS right now above 500, which is good and bad for for a lot of different reasons. You know, the Rockies haven't had a lot of games against their NL West opponents. In fact, they haven't played the Padres yet, which think about that for a second. They don't play them until June 10th is the first time Padres and Rockies meet. That's pretty wild. Yeah, it's been a different schedule. I mean, they've only had three series inside their division. They opened with the Dodgers, as you know, and then on this trip, they played Arizona and San Francisco. Uh, kind of kind of crazy how the schedules work. Uh, the Rockies, you know, need to take advantage of, of you know playing some of the teams that are are more mediocre, and I think they've done that. This homestand that you alluded to, Patrick, is an important one because the Rockies went five and one on their last homestand, terrific. Out on the road, one and five, not so terrific. So you you know we can figure that out pretty quickly. That's five hundred. Now you're home for the longest stretch all year. It's 10 days, nine games. You have the Royals coming to town. They have not been great. And then you have the Giants again. And they 
when they arrive on Monday, the Rockies will be trying to snap a 10-game losing streak to the Giants. They have to they have to flip the tables on the Giants. And then at the the end of the homestand, again, as you well know, Patrick, you have a really good team coming in in the New York Mets. Some people would say they're they've been playing better than anyone in baseball. So it's going to be a challenging homestand, but they need to reestablish themselves uh, and get back to the kind of baseball they played at home this year by and large, and actually out on the road initially. So uh, I, I think it's important uh, on, on several levels. And I do think it was also important that today was an off day. I, I think we say that too frequently, Patrick, and swore oh, they need an off day. Are they? And, and sometimes it, it, it probably has some merit. I think in this particular case, it has a great deal of merit. Yeah, the pendulum is going to swing back and forth when they're at home versus on the road. Just got to make sure it, it's uh, it's not scientifically apt. It, it, it can't swing too far back when they're on the road, right? It, it needs to come up short of that so they can stay above 500. And so they're sitting at fifth place in the NLS, and you go, oh, they're in the basement. But again, NLS has five teams above 500. The rest of Major League Baseball has 10. Like That gives you an idea. A third of the teams are above 500 in one-sixth of the league, right, just in that that NOS. So it's been a tough division. They've all been beating up on the other teams. And so it will be – it'll come down to these in-division games. And, I mean, the Rockies have nine to end the season, three in San Francisco and then six in L.A. So, as you said, they're home again. they got to take advantage of this uh, and and really need to, you know, kind of course correct like, like they usually do when they are at home. Yeah. Uh, I think they have – an advantage they have they have an advantage at home period but they have a bigger advantage at home when they're outside the division the teams inside the division know course field they're familiar with course field they're familiar with going there uh, so those games are always a challenge especially given the fact that the division is so strong um, they they have to hold their own against the division uh, they have to win more than they lose at home by by a lot we know that I do think they'll be better overall on the road, despite the the last 10 games, of which I think they've lost nine of them. But this is an important homestand. It's an important homestand uh, to to get back to playing the kind of baseball we've seen them play, swing the bats better. Listen, we didn't even mention this, Patrick, for only the third time in the history of the franchise. Think about what I'm about to say. The Rockies went on a at least six game road trip and did not hit a home run no home runs on that road trip and people will say well san francisco man we've seen a lot of games out there where nobody hits a home run and there was only one in the whole series brandon crawford's yesterday i understand that arizona is a good offensive ballpark typically and and even with san francisco moving in the walls they hit a bunch of home runs last year set a franchise record with 241. Uh, they didn't hit any home runs in arizona so they got to get back to swinging the bats. They need to get Chris Bryant back. Uh, it's an it's an important nine game homestand. It is a guy who came closest to hitting that home run. Jonathan Daza, of course, had had the triple on Tuesday night. Was a home run shy of the cycle, or as some would say, and I'll, I'll tri- attribute this to Kevin Collins from the the Rockies PR staff. He uh, he was a home run. It was a shy call. He was shy of the cycle by one hit. Was the home run. But Jonathan Daz has got a five-game hitting streak, and he's kind of separated himself a bit. I think he was five for 11 in San Francisco and and looks to be a player that 
you know, it's probably earned some some additional playing time and and some starts as Sam Hilliard's kind of scrapping, figure out some things. Hampson hasn't have found his groove yet since coming off of the IL. We know Charlie's going to get some rest uh, at DH from time to time. And Daza had a late start to his spring training. He was one of the last guys who ended up reporting, but he's starting to get into his groove. We saw him at the top of the lineup for one of the games. Uh, I think it might be a time for him to possibly break out and, and, and get even more opportunities than he's been. He's earned playing time. I mean, he's earned, he's earned playing time. Uh, he has great bat-to-ball skills. We pointed out on television all the time. He's always hit at every minor league level. It's not the prettiest swing. It's not the sexiest swing. He's, he's stronger body-wise than he's ever been, but he hits, and he believes in himself. He's gotten big hits. He's got some clutch hits. I mean, the Rockies were down 3 nothing. He had a base hit on Tuesday night to make it a 3-2 game um, before the game got away from uh, Colorado. Uh, he's their best outfield defender. He he deserves to play, and and I think, buddy, is, you're going to see him in there more, uh, especially in the absence right now uh, of Chris Bryant. Uh, you know, you, you think of offensive MVPs, C.J. Crone, obviously, Connor Joe, the probably the, ne- the next guy you'd absolutely mention. Then after that, you go, all right, well, who else has been productive? Gritchick, you know, I know he didn't have a, a great, uh, you know, road trip necessarily, but, you know, Gritchick's been pretty solid. But then, then you start going, wait a second, Jonathan Daza, maybe not as many at-bats, but Jonathan Daza, uh, to your observation, has been good, and, and he's deserving of getting, uh, you know, getting more time in the starting lineup. And he seems to be this, the same guy – after wins and after losses, like he has the same kind of composition where he, he doesn't let it let impact him too much. You know, there, there was a game. Um, I, I can't recall what it was in April, but uh, it was that the base running error, right. Where he kind of he turned his back to the ball and, and he, he was a little bit down, but then the next day he kind of rebounded and said, Hey, I have another new opportunity. So I like that mentality that he brings to the ballpark every day with Grichuk got the new uh, glasses there. Can you, can you remember a player, you know, kind of changing up his uh, eyeball routine, for lack of a better word, mid-season? And if so, you know, the, the impact of that? Again, small sample size. He hasn't done well since he's gotten the new glasses. I, you, you figure he's, he's going to sort it out, of course. But uh, that, was a, that was an interesting little wrinkle after playing so well through the first month of the season. Now he's got this new thing he's working with. Yeah, he, he just – he was having trouble with depth perception. Uh, and I know – People will look and say, wait a second. He may have been having trouble with depth perception, but he's hitting 335, 340, and he was hitting on the road about the same as he was hitting at home. But it had been an ongoing thing. I know there have been others who have done it. I can't sit here, Patrick, off the top of my head and tell you, oh, I remember when so-and-so did it. I know it's been done before, and I, and I can't tell you what the immediate uh, aftermath was like. Uh, but he's committed to it. He's committed to it on both sides of the ball because I've talked to him about it, not just – when he's in the box, if you notice, uh, he made that great catch in, in Arizona, you know, sliding into foul territory. Uh, it turned into a sack fly, but he's made three great catches. And the last one was with the, you know, with the, the glasses slash gloggles, I'll call them, because they look like both, right? Uh, but he's, he's committed to it, and, and I'm sure there's going to be a, a period of time where he's just getting used to it. And then, unfortunately, as you mentioned, he – he came down with a not it's non COVID from what I understand, but just came down with a flu bug the other day. All right. Well, if the word gloggle ever 
goes into the Merriam-Webster dictionary. You heard it here first. I like this. Uh, Gloggle. We will be using this on the show henceforth. Okay. I do like that. Please footnote me in case there's uh, money to be made somewhere within that um, mention. Yeah, you could get a cease and desist order from Google just because the letters are too close together. So I don't know if you could sell any merchandise with the word gloggle on it. But yeah. now you got homework to do for Friday's game. You either have to project how many home runs Gritchick will rob now at these new bifocals, right? What is he on pace for now with this improvement? And I need all of the statistics on players post gloggles. What what do they do? I, so you, you've got some, you've got 24 hours, I think, to get those stats. Well, I'm, I'm actually, as you know, I'm in St. Louis <laughs> right now. I'm taking a couple of days off. So uh, Sunday, I have now I have plenty of time to think about it. Oh, that's going to, that's going to be a big stat. That's going to be one everyone's going to be talking about around the water cooler, I think, on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, they're already usually talking about the Drew Goodman podcast uh, at the water cooler. I know. Uh, you have Thomas Harding on uh, part two. You can only listen to last week's as well, of course introduction always different always based on what's going on uh in denver sports with nikola Jokic winning back-to-back mvps uh your ponzi scheme to win the kentucky derby pool i I think that was very creative how you were able to make that work out for yourself but uh nikola Jokic, i i said this uh, before the season started or rather before the baseball season started a little controversial i was going for that but nikola Jokic, greatest Denver sports player of all time right now. We know he's got a few more years to kind of stack the numbers, but does that conversation kind of start to begin right now with the back-to-back MVPs? There's a part of me that always looks at these kind of things and go, come on, you know, so now we're comparing a football guy, a basketball, a baseball guy, Nikola Jokic. I have no problem. And I, um, and I think I partook on something, uh, on social media, somebody inquired of me, you know, I guess because I did the Nuggets back in the day for, for a decade. But um, he's he's the greatest Nugget. I, I have no uh, qualms about making that statement emphatically. He's the greatest Nugget. And there, and there have been some really good Nuggets. We know that. You know, Dan Issel was a great Nugget. Alex English was a great, you know, score. David Thompson was a highlight reel, uh, you know, on a nightly basis. Fat Lever was a tremendous, you know, guard. McDice, Carmelo Anthony could score. Um, Dikembe Mutombo was was the best rim protector we've ever seen. But all around player who truly raises the bar for everyone else. There's, there's to me, there's no one who's who comes close to what Jokic has done. So, um, I uh, I think um, I think that's a no brainer in terms of greatest athlete. I think there's going to be people, Patrick, you know this, you and I are both from the East Coast, but we've been out here a long time, and, and I covered John Elway's career, and, uh, you know, 100 years from now, John Elway will still always be, you know, the favorite son of the city when it comes to, you know, what they did athletically, even with Peyton Manning, you know, making this his home now and the great things he did. So I, I, don't, I don't know where you know, what the right answer is, but Jokic is in that conversation, man. He's the greatest nugget. Yeah. It's all we're talking about right now on DNVR sports, uh, just the greatest regular season. You're right. It is hard to compare different sports. So when you say Nikola Jokic versus a Johan Flande, you can't really compare those two. We'll just both say they were two of the best in their respective sports. Uh, before we get out of here real quick, any interesting stories coming into town with the Royals this weekend 
didn't recognize any, you know, Colorado connections or former Rockies. You do have Zach Greinke. I think he's projected to start on Saturday, and that's always interesting. Yeah, I mean, Patrick, I, I interestingly, I, I spend a lot of time in St. Louis because my son uh, goes to school and plays ball here, as you know, and I was here last week. Um, and we actually caught a Cardinal Royals game. I think I threw it out there on social media. And Greinke was on the mound, and it was a it was a one nothing game. Michael A. Taylor made that fabulous catch, uh, one of the best catches I've ever witnessed, quite frankly. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr. I mean, you have a chance to watch a guy that I think will be a superstar. Uh, he is, you know, uber talented. He hasn't broke out yet. Uh, but it's going to come. And so an opportunity to watch one of the, the next big stars in the Royals being in town, Salvador Perez, he seemingly just keeps getting better with age. He had 48 home runs last year, the most ever by a catcher. And I know, I think 15 of those were when he was DHing. but you know, Sal Perez, big, strong guy behind the plate. Granke's a future hall of famer. Uh, so th th there's some appeal. I know last night uh, after, you know, just a really poor start, uh, I'm a big Whit, uh, uh, you know, Whitfield fan, and he um, he had a big ball game last night. I think he finally hit a home run. It had been a while, so you know, there's some pieces there, uh, you know, that are intriguing overall. As we said earlier, Patrick, this is a team that the Rockies they they need to have a good weekend against the Royals. No, absolutely do. It'll be fun to watch. Batting practice between Sal Perez, CJ Crone, who can hit him further, or you know who hits more home runs between those two big body dudes. That's good. Joel Piams, the return of Joel Piams. He's a, he's he was the one guy that actually uh, came through the Rockies system. He never played with the Rockies, but uh, I think he was released somewhere down in the minor league. So for the big Piams fans out there, they'll be happy to see him back at Coors Field or at Coors Field, maybe for the first time. You usually do this once a show, stump me, and you just did it. So, um, Joel Piamps, look him up, give him a goog. I, I don't, I never question you, Patrick. You told me that to fact that he was in the Rockies organization. I believe you. There we go. All right. Yeah. Drew so. Goodman and the Drew Goodman podcast. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Drew Goodman 42. Appreciate you joining us. As what I, what, why am I calling Whit? What, why am I doing it? You said Whitfield, Whit Merrifield. You just combined it. Whit Merrifield. I said Whitfield. That's why I was like, I said, that didn't sound right. Well, Whit Merrifield, you know, uh, is another reason to come. I, I, I admire him. He's a gamer. He plays every day. I mean, he's he's your, real quick, Patrick, he's your modern day Cal Ripken Jr. When guys, nobody plays every day. Uh, and he does. He's out there every single day. Yeah. Uh, from 2019 through 2021, Played all games. Uh, 2018, he only missed four. And this year, I imagine he's probably played all of them. I was trying to save you here to see if his first name was Whitfield. It's Whitley. No. So you were no, close. I, I was just going to say, a lot of people don't realize you blew it. I said, a lot of people don't realize his real name is Whitfield Merrifield. Why not? <laughs> said, Why not? That is a great name, though. That yeah. Uh, yeah. that would be a good one. Yeah, Royals have some interesting pieces. So it'll it'll be fun. It'll be the weekend. I think the weather's supposed to be really great. Uh, you won't need to have tiny. You bring you uh, a jacket. Uh, and that goes for everybody in the ballpark uh, who may have that kind of uh, access and connections. Uh, it'll it'll be great. It's baseball. Can't go down yeah. like that. So, it Drew. Is. It'll be good, bud. If you're listening to this right now, you're probably a huge Colorado sports fan. Well, you probably need to know a little bit more about the American 
Raptors. That's why you go to AmericanRaptors.com to learn more about this rugby club that's composed of crossover athletes who have played professionally at the top of their sport in just about everything. Track and field, soccer, football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, you name it. And right now, Colton Strickler from the DNVR Rugby Podcast. Give them a download or subscribe to them because Colton's doing an amazing job. He'll teach you about the basics. He'll also have one-on-one interviews with the top athletes and coaches around the sport. And he's going to give you some really good betting tips on this year's Super Rugby as well. So learn all about that and more about one of the top rugby clubs in the country, if not the world, right in our backyard here in Glendale, Colorado, not too far from Denver. Learn more at AmericanRaptors.com. Well, now's probably a good time to just finally flush out everything from this road trip. We'll get back on Monday morning if you listen to this as a podcast. Otherwise, you'll get a live show post-game on Sunday following the three-game sweep of the Kansas City Royals. No, you can never count on that. Shouldn't expect that. Two out of three, absolutely, that almost is a must with the Giants and Mets coming to town as we've talked about really good matchups to test the Rockies' medal because, you know, frankly, they haven't played a ton of teams that are over 500. They've only had nine such games with teams that fit that description. They're three and six in those games. So some of the fewest around. Milwaukee has actually had the fewest. They've only had five games. And, hey, they are in first place. They're 20 and 12 right now sitting atop that division. So it does benefit you a little bit. You just heard me reference the fact that nine of their final games are against the two best teams in all of baseball last year. And they look to be two of the best in baseball again this year in the Giants and Dodgers. And those come on the road. So that will be a very big challenge. So the Rockies need to take advantage of this. This is their longest homestand. And so you've you've got to take two out of three against the Royals. Absolutely have to. This is this is almost, you know, a must-win series, right? Or a make or break, dare I say. It, it's it's almost that. Where again, it, it doesn't doesn't test their metal because the Royals are not very good. The Royals are are not good at all, right? They're they're 10 and 18. They did win against uh, Texas on Wednesday. They still have got one more to go on Thursday at the time of this recording. So they're just not good. And so, you know, you almost have to sweep them here. You really, really must. You know, Chris Bryan has been out. We, we're not sure when we're going to get him back to get the cortisone shot. So we'll kind of begin to wait and see what's going on with the rehab. But back injuries sometimes can take a lot longer to heal. Certainly we know that with the case with some of the Nuggets players uh, over the course of this last season. So, you know, he comes back, maybe you make a couple moves, maybe not big moves, but moves nonetheless at the trade deadline to bolster that roster. And you're able to go into the second half feeling a lot better. So, you know, they're on, they're on a downturn right now. Uh, I think we can acknowledge that they just, they haven't been playing well on the road. That's going to be part of their story. They just can't play awful on the road. Got to snap this four game losing streak going into the series against the Royals. So yeah, let's, let's just kind of flush this out. A couple things from the notes. Again, they go against some really solid starting pitching, not great starting pitching like otherworldly Radon. Yes. You could say that about the diamondback starters are very good. I think they are almost a poor man's Colorado Rockies. And 
Well, they're they're playing better than the Rockies. They have a better record than them right now. So take that with a grain of salt. But I also think that, you know what, if they had faced lesser starting pitching, what would that have meant to this trip? And, and I really probably thought, think it would only would have meant, you know, one more win, you go two and four, you do feel a lot better about that. Could you go three and three? I mean, maybe you never know, but they, they only barely got that one win on Saturday night against the Diamondbacks. So uh, purely speculation, of course, at that point, thought it was interesting. Uh, a note that I was able to find about Chad cool on, on Wednesday, the getaway day. He's the second Rockies pitcher to strike out eight or more and also give up five or more in San Francisco since 2001, Denny Nagel. How about that? Just kind of strange. But let's let's talk about the things that did go well. I think that was touched on a little bit on Wednesday's live show or Thursday's podcast, depending on how you consume this. But Jose Iglesias and Jonathan Daza were those two guys that had close to 400 on this trip. Iglesias went 9 for 23. Daza, 7 for 18. You got to think that his playing time will increase putting the ball in play four strikeouts for Iglesias only three for Daza, you know, and right there too, Connor, Joe, Connor, Joe, nine for 25, you know, did have two walks to go along with that. He also only struck out three times. Brennan Rogers was okay. Right. Four for 16. Didn't get the start or playing time at all in Tuesday and Wednesday's game against the giants. We'll wait and see if that new pillow that he's got for the road is going to be more impactful to him. Hopefully he did sleep well, and it was just somewhat of a scheduled off day. One of them was. The other one, no confirmation on what that was exactly. Sam Hilliard had himself uh, a rough homestand, same as Randall Grichuk. He was 0 for 12 with eight strikeouts. Never want to see that. Hilliard was 0 for 13. Was able to get an RBI there in one of his ABs. Did walk twice. So that's promising. Struck out five times, which kind of is average for him, but just needs to put the bat on the ball overall. Charlie Blackman, one for 21. Not what you would expect from a a veteran like him who does know how to manage the cores effects, the the hangover, as it were. So that's got to come back alive, uh, do a little bit more. Ryan McMahon was five for 24, but the 10 strikeouts are the things is the thing that that stands out for me that you know has to get a little bit better on the pitching side you know starting pitching wasn't awful needs to be better we said you know promising in a sense for Herman Marquez who only gives up 3 earned runs over 6 frames Chad Cool I think did really well his stat line kind of got skewed with that that one play where you would have liked to have gotten one out from Connor Joe uh, maybe even the double play you could have even had a you know, one, uh, excuse me, three, six, one double play that could have taken two runs off the board. So that's Hughes cools stat line just a little bit. He was solid in that opener in Arizona. Kyle Freeland was fantastic. Six scoreless innings in Arizona. That was a, a wonderful pitchers, pitchers duel to be a part of and, and to be able to, to witness that that's, that's always entertaining, not a lot of action, but always, always entertaining to have a pitcher's duel. And so uh, this could be the time of year where Kyle Freeland really gets locked in into the zone, five strikeouts, five hits, only two walks. So Kyle Freeland really looking forward to his next start here at home 
to open the homestand against the Kansas City Royals. Relievers, Ty Block was able to do some things over the course of two games. You know, had a typical long reliever performance there on Monday night. Looked strong overall. That's promising. Robert Stevenson was able to bounce back and back-to-back outings there on Wednesday. That was nice. Tyler Kinley only had the one appearance. Looked really good. And Lucas Gilbreth, not so good. Got to flush that. He did get promoted in the middle of this road trip in order to make some room for uh, a fresh arm. Justin Lawrence, you know, they've been using him a lot, leaning on him a lot. So I think they you know, may have wanted to get him some R&R without putting him on the IL because he's not injured. Uh, he's still still pitching, doing his thing down in AAA Albuquerque. But got to flush it. Uh, not Not pretty baseball. It's the defense that's been the thing that, was so challenging and so difficult to watch throughout the six game road trip. And again, this homestand is going to be really pivotal and we'll have a much better idea as to who the Rockies are going to be. We know who they could be. April gave us that inkling of who they could be. And yes, they could be a team that gets swept by the Philadelphia Phillies. They could also be a team that, you know, manhandles the Cincinnati Reds for three days, splits with a, you know, mediocre to, you know, 500 team like the Chicago Cubs sweeps the Texas Rangers in two games, a series they should be sweeping, right? If, if you're going to be one of those six NL clubs that makes the postseason and taking a series from the Dodgers, like the, that's what you need to do. And so here we are close to the halfway point in May without Chris Bryant, which I think is hurting you a lot in more ways than one. And you're going to have to really show your mettle right now because health-wise, it's it's been really solid. Not too many guys going on the IL. If you go ahead and, and take away the, the COVID IL that Stevenson and Gilbreth started the season on, we're only talking about IL stints for Bryant and Hampson. Again, Bryant is super important, but he's only one piece to the puzzle. Big piece, but there are plenty of other pieces still present. Three against Kansas City, three against the Giants, three against the New York Mets, all at home before they go back out on the road, three in Pittsburgh, four against Washington. So that doesn't make you too fearful. You got to think that you can use that momentum from this homestand back out on the road before you come home for three against Miami and four against the reigning champs, Atlanta, where the City Connect uniforms will be unveiled Apple TV game there on, on June 3rd. So looking ahead, probably more than, than we would normally, but it just kind of puts things in perspective, gives you a little bit better of a context of, you know, what is at stake right now. But, you know, I, I, I say all this, and I also know that in 2007, the team was, you know, only a few games over 500 before they went on a historic run in the month of September to go to the postseason sweep through the postseason, and then go to the World Series. Am I saying the 2022 Colorado Rockies are going to the World Series? Absolutely not. But I also know that things change. Players get hurt for the Rockies and and other teams. You know, maybe Fernando Testis doesn't get back. Maybe they do have a couple more injuries to their pitchers. They're finally starting to get some of those guys back, like Mike Clevenger. But you you never know. It's a, it's a long season we are are just past the one six point i think we're we're approaching 20 percent of the season done so anything could happen you just hope that one in five road trip 
where you just look bad. Defense looks really awful. You hope that's the thing that doesn't happen. You definitely hope that's the case. As I may have mentioned, we do have the live post-game show on Sunday following the Royals series. Let me get you those starters. Of course, it's going to be Kyle Freeland against Daniel Lynch, a battle of lefties on Friday for that 640 start on Saturday's 610 start, as it is always. Hermen Marquez versus Zach Granke. That should be a fun one. Love those two dudes, those two bulldogs on the hill. And then on Sunday, the matinee game at 110, Austin Gomber against Carlos Hernandez, the young 25-year-old right-hander. So we'll be back for the post game. You can get that usually about 90 minutes after the final out. Not sure what we're going to do on Sunday. This this post-game show might actually come a little bit quicker. We'll see. That's why you got to be following us on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies. Trying to be rhythmic, trying to have somewhat of a structure here when we do our shows. But sometimes, hey, life happens and those things can change. But again, following us on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies is where you're going to learn all about that and more. You're going to see some of the wonderful photographs and images and videos I took while in San Francisco at uh, one of the finest ballparks in the entire country. It's uh, It was fantastic to be there to watch baseball, to watch Rockies baseball. Just not fantastic to see the results of those games. I'm on Twitter at Patrick D. Lyons. And also make sure you're following at the Susie Hunter. It's been great. Got a lot of momentum here for this week, despite the Rockies' poor play. We're going to keep that momentum going forward. Or will we? You know what they say about momentum, though. It's only as good as tomorrow's podcast. So we'll talk to you in a couple days.